somebody read for me 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And then somebody else can get ready 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. If you, want to, you get there, just start reading. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All right. So Timothy was Paul's, you know, Padawan. He was his church planner that he was releasing, you know, in the ministry. And the instruction here is take the Scriptures and work it into your own life. Right. It's, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and then doing it, training in righteousness. You're supposed to take the word and you're supposed to work it in. But then read uh, 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. There you go. And so now he's supposed to take the word in the next chapter, and he's supposed to proclaim it, right? He's supposed to work it out uh, and out to the people. Notice there's a correlation there between those. They're not all exactly the same, but teach, reprove, and correct train you know, to himself first, and then he can help others with reproving, rebuking, and exhorting uh, with all instruction. And so uh, there we see a pattern emerge. First we focus on the inward, and then we work outward. Now somebody open your Bible to Luke chapter 11. Verse 1, and you're going to read that. Somebody else, open to Matthew 17, verses 1 and 2. And we're going to read that afterwards. So when you get to Luke 11, 1, go ahead and start reading. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. All right, so Jesus was, was, was having his alone time with the Father, but he had his disciples around him. Now somebody read Matthew 17, 1 and 2. Matthew 17? Yes. Whenever you get there, go ahead and start reading. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up high by... Mountain by themselves, and verse 2 is there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, his clothes became as white as the light. Awesome. So, why do you go up on a mountain? Why do you do that? Why does somebody do that? To get away. To get away, right? To get away and to spend alone time with the Father. And he takes Peter, James, and John with him, though, right? It's not just him. And Peter, James, and John probably knew exactly what they were doing. They just didn't know the extent of the experience, right? They didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> and so, but nevertheless, he included his inner circle on his, uh, his own devotional life. Now, somebody opened their Bible to Luke chapter 4, verse 42. What I want to encourage you guys to do, my first question is, are you working the scriptures into your life? Do you have that alone time with the Father? Now, as we talk about social media and being out there in the community around other people, the first and most important thing is, do I have that devoted life? And then the next question is, do I have my three? Do I have my inner circle that I'm sharing some of that with to help disciple them? Okay, we're called to make disciples. And as we talk about social media, we're going to be talking about reaching people and doing all those things. But nothing replaces this old school disciple <clears throat> method, okay? 
And for Jesus, if you think about what he did when he was on earth, when it was all said and done, he had 120 people praying in the upper room. Okay? That's a pretty small reach. Okay? I have more Facebook friends than that. Okay? <laughs> but he changed the world. And we're all here today because the discipleship model works. And one of the things we're going to talk about is how you can use technology to help you share that, that time that you have with the Father and help disciple others. So but read Luke 4.42. He left the next day for open country, but the crowds kept looking. And when they found him, clung to him so that he couldn't go. He told them, don't you realize there are yet other villages where I have to tell the message of, the God, of God's kingdom? And this is the work God sent me to do. Meanwhile, he continued to preach in, in the meeting places of Galilee. So Jesus, while he would let his inner circle at that alone time with the Father, he would constantly leave the crowds to spend that alone time. And doing the right thing, the appropriate thing, in the appropriate space is key. And that's still true with social media. Doing the appropriate thing in the appropriate space is still key. And so my, I'm going to show you some things that we do on like that inner, that 3 and that 12. First, add me as a friend. We're going to be Facebook friends, guys. Congratulations. I know this is a deep personal commitment you're about to make here in being my Facebook friend. Uh, but go ahead and look me up and add me. Yeah. Who are you? Me? I, so, yeah. So I, I want to share with the group who you are and why you're even here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, really briefly, I'm one of the leaders at the Summit Church in Fargo. And I also work in technology. I've even worked professionally, even with social media to a degree, selling Watson Analytics for social media. Um, and so that being said, I'm going to introduce you guys here to some people who are even a lot smarter than me on this matter. And, uh, and so uh, we've had some success with some of the media stuff. And even more, more recently, we've had some success with uh, doing some things, I think, in a biblical way, but in a, in a, in a, doing it well. And so, uh, so yeah. But uh, some of the things that we do do here on social media in, uh, in uh, making uh, disciples is well, I use Marco Polo uh, to stay connected with some of my uh, guys that I'm discipling. And uh, they'll, ask, they'll ask me questions. They'll, they'll share with me what they're doing on life. And Marco Polo, if you don't know what it is, it's like a video walkie-talkie. <laughs> uh, it's really easy to use. And we'll stay connected, and we'll, we'll do things that way. I have a group of guys that I use Google Hangouts on Wednesday mornings, and we meet with them. We essentially ask each other three questions. What is God saying to you? Um, what are you doing about it, and how can I help? And if you have those three questions, you can, you can start making disciples. But there is a prerequisite to those three questions. Have you been spending time with the Father? <laughs> Have you been getting alone with them? Because if you're not doing that, you don't really have anything to bring to the meeting, yeah. <laughs> right? And so, but if you can do that, all of a sudden you're a disciple maker. And if you're doing that yourself, you're going to challenge and encourage those people. Even if they're not doing it, as they continue to meet with you, uh, you'll make disciples. But technology can help you bridge those gaps in between meetings. David, um, can you just say yeah. those three questions yes. again? Yeah. Uh, so what is... Prerequisite, and then... Uh, yeah. yeah. What is, uh, what is God saying to you? What are you doing about it? And how can I help? Okay. Those three questions. And you connect with uh, some guys on, a, on what? I use, I use Google Hangouts uh, once a week to meet. So these people are across the country for <laughs> my Wednesday ones. Uh, and, uh, but my other ones that we meet in person, on, I have some guys that meet in person on a Thursday, we also use technology to communicate in between. 
And so there's different ways to do that. You could use a private Facebook group. You could use Marco Polo. Uh, you can use uh, other things as well to just share and encourage each other. One of the one easy one too, if you the U version Bible app, it's the most popular Bible app uh, on uh, on uh, the uh, uh, the app store. Uh, you can follow each other on that. And I'm doing a reading plan right now, and my guys, when I complete it for the day, they can see that I completed my reading plan. And, I, and again, this isn't something that I'm, I'm like broadcasting to. You know, all my Facebook friends and saying, hey, I completed my Bible reading plan for the day. But this is my inner circle, right? These are my three. These are my Peter, my James, and my Johns uh, that I'm sharing life with and we're growing in the Lord. And just doing that intimate discipleship. And so, uh, another one, the next question is, what is your 12? For me, my 12 is the home groups. Uh, you know, we have 10 to 20 people in our home groups. Using a Facebook group for your home group, and let me click through this. Good morning. So that Counting Crows concert is tomorrow night. I confirmed. I'm going to mute that because I want to go to the Facebook group. So uh, this uh, Facebook group, oh, this is a preaching seminar we did with John Nicklefield. I Facebook live the videos. Guys got to comment, there, comment on there and share, and they got to uh, share resources and encourage each other. And you can see like, the interaction began to happen. And we, came, and we got to use social media in, again, a small setting, an internal setting, uh, to, uh, to help further discipleship. But here's the home, here's our home group, uh, group. And if you look at it, all these pe- a lot of these people on here, they're a lot older than me. And they are like going to town, sharing requests. People are, in the group are liking it. They're commenting on it. And they're like all over this thing. And like I had like pretty much nothing to do with it. I mean, I set up like the group. And, but me as the leader of the home group, all I, and this is key, all I had to really do was start liking their posts when they post <laughs> and commenting on it. Thanks for sharing. I'm praying. You know, and it just took off. And one lady started saying, hey, who's doing Snack this week? Because I, I hate taking care of them. <laughs> doing Snack. And it happened through social media. And I just got to comment and say, yeah, awesome. Thank you. And, and liking her post. And she took off with it. And so social media just allowed us to communicate throughout the week. And uh, they just took ownership over it. And so you can use uh, social media internally to help you. I think, I mean, every home group at our church, we try to really encourage them to do that, to stay connected. Help them prepare for the time. Hey, here's the questions I'm going to ask tonight. Uh, things like that as well. And so a great opportunity there in, uh, in doing that. But let's talk about being present uh, in our community. So a little bit larger circle. If somebody wants to read Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 47. What time does this meeting go till, by the way? Is it a Does anybody have a schedule in front of them? 11.30. Perfect. Acts 2, verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily. Yeah, so they're making disciples, but they're also uh, having favor with all the people. They have like this presence in the community right now. Now at some point... The unchangeable truth of the gospel is going to conflict with the opinions of man, and persecution is going to rise. And that happens too, you know? But there was an aspect of what was going on here and what God was doing was beautiful. And the people around them were seeing it. I think social media is an opportunity, and you, you see here and here, I have a question here. What is God doing in my church that is inherently beautiful? And how can we share that in a healthy way on social media? I'm going to play a video. That's going to make more sense. As I play this video here, you're going to meet a gentleman named Aaron Younggreen. He does our church's social media, and he does it professionally. We pay him, but it's like dirt cheap. 
And uh, he does our social media and our Facebook. He was at, he worked at Amazon.com for like seven years, and he was a pastor for nine years in a church plan. You can tell listening to the talk that he's a pastor. Uh, but uh, he's a fantastic guy. I asked, I, you know, when they asked me to do this, I wanted to bring some actual experts in front of you guys mm-hmm. as well. So uh, he does this professionally now and has a great background. And uh, so I'm going to watch a short interview that I did with him. But as you watch that, try to answer the question, what is God doing in my church that is inherently beautiful that would be appropriate to share on social media? Well, I think um, most pastors that I know myself, you know, for that time, and then my friends, are in an interesting predicament. When you're, when you're shepherding just... I like to say normal church, no church is normal, but you know what I mean. It's a normal-sized church. Half of the churches in our country are 75 people on a Sunday or less, okay? And and um, those folks, uh, when you shepherd a church of that size, you're in this kind of constant predicament where you know there are some opportunities, there are some things around you, things like... How good should my website be? How good should my social media presence be? You know that that stuff is there, and you know that it's kind of in your mission. Maybe, is it? I'm not really sure. Um, But it feels like, one, you don't have the time. And two, there are things that the scriptures explicitly command that you want to be about. Things like prayer and preaching the word and and, um, and personal evangelism, uh, praying for the sick, and, and those kinds of things. Um, and so you're, you're kind of constantly um, maybe feeling a little bad that you're not taking taking advantage of these opportunities, um, and, but at the same time trying to prioritize things that are there. Now, from my perspective, I can see and just have, have followed this whole time what's happening technologically in those opportunities that are there, and I, I feel like we're in a unique time in history, um, a, a unique cultural point. I don't actually know how long it will last, but the fact that you could say, you know, record a, a testimony of someone's and literally drop it into the public square of your community with relative ease and not, and it's just not very expensive to do so, or you could invite thousands of people in your community to come participate in something that you're doing right now is pretty amazing to me. Right. Um, the fact that you could equip people in your church, just speaking of, of social media, um, to, to really share their faith in a way that is non-threatening. Now, of course, none of this replaces personal friendship and evangelism at all. But the, the fact that you can give your, your folks a chance to say, hey, I was really blessed by this scripture. I was really blessed by this sermon. Why don't you, you know, listen to it? Um, it's a unique thing, I think, in our time. Right. Yeah, it's definitely unique. So, what? Let's let's have some fun. <laughs> what are some things that churches do wrong on social media? <laughs> this may be a little bit controversial. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you look at what what I would consider to be overall cultural problems that we have with social media. Which is, and we were just joking about this before because I was trying to aim my camera in some way that doesn't show that my office is a mess, you know. Um, but the problems being, I'm going to make everything look as though my life is just fantastic and amazing all the time. 
and I'm going to kind of gloss over, or I'm going to over-dramatize everything in my life, uh, basically bring everything to the extremes. Um, sometimes I see churches and church leaders doing that. And to be honest, I think some pastors out there are reluctant to even engage in social media because of that. Because they don't want to do the picture where it looks like there's 5,000 people worshiping in their church every Sunday when the truth is, is, is not, not that. And so there's like this um, kind of insecurity, personal insecurity that plays out over social media all the time. And sometimes churches engage in that. And I don't think that we need to. So like, with, with you, you know, because we just finished it with our, our website product, we sent a photographer out to the church because we think what happens on every Sunday is spectacular. It doesn't need to be 5,000 people. The, the, the thing that's happening to one person is amazing. And, uh, and the scriptures are amazing. The testimonies of people are amazing. And the things that God puts on the hearts of normal, everyday pastors every week to save their congregations are amazing. So I don't think we need to do any of that. But I do see it out there. You know, when I would preach, you know, I was also like the media guy. I was the one recording the sermons or I was the one we started doing Facebook Live so we could make it honestly just easier. I just was instantly up and had to do anything. And so but then when I would go to preach, I wouldn't turn on Facebook Live because I felt like I was being like arrogant or showy or like I'm not going to like start the camera and walk to the podium. Right. Felt wrong. (laughs) And so, like, I understand, like, why a pastor would, even even if he has the 5,000 people that are worshiping, not want to take the picture because right. well, like, they're trying to glorify maybe something other than Jesus. <laughs> right. That's right. But, but, but that's the key right there is that I think just like anything else in the church, it has to be about, about our, our actual mission, right? It has to be about that. I don't think it's compelling for to say the more you have to convince people to do A to get to B to get to C to get to D to get to E to get to and then they're going all the way down these steps and that connects to our mission. I think that that's just no, nobody's going to want to follow you in that, and it's not compelling. It's not compelling to my heart at all. Right. What's compelling to me is a rock solid certitude that God is working in His church and that what He is doing in His church is inherently beautiful and compelling. That the Word of God, that the, the Scriptures are inherently beautiful and compelling. And so um, I, I don't need to convince myself to send that photographer in or to load up, you know, posts of Scripture for, for our client churches because I just, I, I'm excited about that, right? Because this is going to go out to, you know, this church and all their friends and, and be such an opportunity. Um, I think that's that's kind of the vision that you need to cast. I think that um, if you are uncertain as to whether what God is doing is is beautiful or worthwhile, uh, no matter what your church looks like, then you're going to have a hard time with this. But if you know this, this stuff is amazing. And you're right, I think it probably is a little easier for me, as it, and I get this very privileged place where I'm outside of the church helping them, and so, I, and I have the, the experience, you know, to, to be able to see it, you know. Um, but I, I do I do believe almost in every area that our culture longs for. You and I talked about the diversity that's there in the summit. And it's not the kind of diversity where you guys 
had to go and say, okay, we're going to have 10 slots and four of these are going to be this and two of these are going to be... Nothing like that. This is what God does, right? And that's inherently amazing. It's inherently a miracle. And so uh, proclaiming that and kind of using this digital media to proclaim that is an incredible Yeah. So next question. You guys set up a cadence for us. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly one of my favorite things you guys did. Nice. We, you know, we, we actually had a cadence. It just wasn't a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So talk to me about your philosophy behind the cadence. For, for us, it's about what, what is the heartbeat of this church and how do we pull out little things that we can share in the heartbeat of the church. So, you know, um, for you guys, what we did is we put together every week there's a quote from one of the authors that's shaped you, you know, something really meaty, something that, um, you know, is, is appropriate broadly. So every one of those comes out. Yeah. Okay, so we've covered a lot of ground. What else? You're, you have a room. There's going to be pastors here. There's going to be church leaders here. What would you want to say to them? We want to see this realm of social media in, in some sense like you would with your kids, so I have teenagers. Um, as much as I would love to destroy their phones and iPads and go live on a mountain somewhere and never deal with any of this stuff again, because it is hard. It's just hard to navigate, you know? Uh, I'm not young enough that all, all of this, the answers come perfectly quick to me. Um, and though sometimes it seems like that, I'm just not going to be on any of these things. Um, I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that this isn't a part of discipleship now, you know, because it is part of our world now. Whether we like it or not, it's where your people live now. Maybe you're called, you know, to instruct your people to remove from this stuff completely. I don't know, but if you're not, you probably want to get engaged somehow. And um, you and I were talking. I, I don't like conferences where you come away and you've got. You know, three tons on your of, of weight on more weight on your back, and you're just burdened by all the things now that you have to do. And I don't want this to be that. Right. But maybe pray and seek the Lord. And how do I engage in this? Just like I would with my own kids. The answer is not to take them out of it completely because they're being called to be put in the world. So how do we do this well? How do we do this right? And and take the small steps. You know, you don't have to do it like everybody else does it, but take the small steps. So just on a practical level, I want to share with you some things that we're doing. And what I like about what he said is not, like, for this kind of stage here, there's this bottom part, I don't know if we'll get to it, about being intentional using social media to reach the unreachable. But for this right here, being present in your community, the question isn't how can I create new content just for social media. The question is how can I share what we're already doing? Like not, I'm not talking about creating something new. I'm talking about sharing what you're already doing, okay? And so being, being present uh, in your community. And so here are some practical uh, ways that we do it. Right here is our, uh, is our Facebook page. There's a quote. These are quotes from people that, like, actually, these are influencers than us. This is William Overforce. This is one of mine. <laughs> uh, and he says, what a difference it would, it would be if our system of morality were based on the Bible instead of the standard devised by cultural Christians. But every quote we share is something that's influenced, like, our leaders uh, from an author there. And then... Uh, Sorry, well, and what do you use to put that? Like, you got a picture of the, the president or somebody, or 
What do you? That, that was William Wilberforce. Uh, and so I'm going to answer that one second because I can't stop scrolling. Uh, their Bible verse, there's a sermon that's posted. Uh, there's uh, something from our vision statement. There's an invitation to join us. There was a Facebook event that went by. Um, and, uh, but uh, there's two things, two ways to do this, I guess. One, you're going to have somebody uh, that's going to make content. You don't have to have a, a, a picture with it. You could just post a quote, right? But that but, idea of the picture and a quote on top of it. Is yeah. there a program, something you use for that? So it might be easy for us. To well, yeah. So there are programs that, that do make it easy. My favorite program that I use when I'm doing that is called Adobe Spark Post, and uh, it's on the App Store and it's free. That's the best part about it. What's it called? Adobe Spark Post. And so Smart. Spark. Spark. You have like a spark that started fire. fire. Okay. And so uh, a little hard to see there, but it's a little yellow square when you look at it on the the app store and uh, Adobe makes great products it's really easy it, it, it'll make you look like you're some kind of genius designer <laughs> it, it uses intelligence to uh, do stuff for you but uh, did you have a question? Yeah, just a little side shot what was the name of the, the app where you could hold each other accountable with Bible reading? Uh, version Bible app yeah okay. version Bible app um, and uh, it's, if you type in Bible on the, on the yeah. App Store, it will be the top one, almost guaranteed. Unless there's an ad, it'll be the top one. <laughs> it's 300 million downloads. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, Adobe Smart Post is an easy one. Uh, you can also now do it, uh, you can do it right on Facebook now. So uh, you can do it that way too. Oh, get a great place to get, uh, you can go to Google and you can search images and you can change it. You, in a setting there, it's right there after you type in the search, you click a button that says free for reuse. And it'll filter out every, all the paid, you know, so you're not stealing somebody's images. Uh, you can go to a website called unsplash.com, U-N-Splash, so unsplash.com. High, high, high-end photography done by an uh, army of amateur photographers that are trying to get their name out there, all for free. And... Um, and so that's great. Like you need a picture of a mountain or a river. There's one of people too, uh, but you need like just some kind of imagery. That one's perfect for that. Uh, the YouVersion Bible app is great if you want to put an image behind scripture because it'll automatically do it for you also. So you can use the YouVersion Bible app for that. For us, it's really easy because I again I use Great Commission Design. They're really, if you guys want to talk to me about them afterwards, they're really they do our social media and our website. Um, I asked this gentleman, I said, you know, I'm doing this thing, and I was like, I want some professional uh, <laughs> input uh, on, on how, we could, how we could do this well. Um, but uh, if you uh, notice our website, our website is designed to make it feel like you're, you visited our church once you scroll through it. So um, as you, you know, do it, you're going to get some things about uh, who we are, what it's like on a Sunday. You're going to see, meet our leaders, learn a little bit about us, and you're going to see pictures of what it looks like uh, when you visit our church. You can see our doctrinal statement um, and, uh, and all that. So by the time you scroll through, you're going to kind of feel like you know what it's like. You kind of experienced it a bit. And so when you look at our website and you visit our church, it feels the same. And, uh, and so that's the, I mean, that's the idea of it. And so, but everything on here is a call to action, basically. It's to get people past the website and to engage with a human being as quick as possible. So if you do something like that, you want to make sure that person who you connect with is somebody who's friendly and willing to meet with them and do those things. 
And so, any other questions? Any, any questions about like cadence on Facebook? You know, and how we do that, or what questions do you guys have before we jump on? And I want to take it to where you guys are at, or what you guys are using it for. One of the things that's easy for pastors to do, uh, I call this the Guiza and Conla method. He's one of our pastors in Salt and Light, and uh, a church planner. And uh, he talked to us about take the content you're already creating and then put it in different get like five different things out of it. So, so a pastor can take the sermon he preached, and then you can take one point from that sermon and make it a blog post. It's already written. <laughs> you know, you're just going to tweak it for a blog post. Then you take a 30-second clip from the sermon. You make it a sermon clip for social media. And that sermon clip is going to get way more views than your actual sermon will. <laughs> you use um, Adobe, I just saw a video, Adobe video... What do you say? Uh, for sermon clips, uh, that, so you just have to, if you already have the video from when you recorded it, you could literally just take whatever it is, your computer, if you have a, if you have a Mac, just use iMovie. Um, you have a, an iPhone, you can use iMovie, and you just clip it out, and you just post it directly to Facebook. And so that would be really easy. Um, your iPhone, like this iPhone, is a better video camera than what they are making movies with six years ago. Yeah. Like, this is insane. And so I get to look like a professional. It, it even does DSLR quality now. <laughs> and so like the, what I can do with this is absolutely, there's, there's like world famous directors who've made movies with iPhones mm -hmm. uh, because it's that quality. You just got to make sure you're close enough. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it's, a, it's amazing what you guys, what we have available to us uh, in this day and age. And so, but you can take content, take what you're already doing, how, what's inherently beautiful, and how can we continue to use it. So any questions on that? All right, let's talk about reaching the unreachable. Uh, Matthew 28, 19 is the Great Commission. It says, go into all the world and uh, to make disciples. Sometimes I hear people say that word go means like as you go. It doesn't mean that. It means to go. It's a command to move. And if you want to ask me about that afterwards, like, I'm a nerd, I will, I will tell you why I need to go. And it's in the aorist tense, like, well, like, but it, this, trust me, it means go. That's exactly what it means. Like, we have to be on mission. And you think about Paul, I mean, 1 Corinthians 29, 22, by, by all means, he says, save some. I'll do anything it takes to save some, you know. And in that, in that passage, he's talking about giving up any right uh, that he can give up for the sake of people knowing uh, uh, Jesus, but if I, I can't imagine if Paul was alive today, I think he'd be all over uh, these media channels for the proclamation of the gospel. And it's a great opportunity to reach people that you wouldn't uh, reach otherwise. But I, I like what Aaron said about staying on mission. Like, what are some things that we're doing, or what are some things we feel like we're called to? You know, and and would social media advance that in some way, or could we reach more people with that? So for our church. One of the things we're, and I think this is something that every church needs to own in some way, but for our church, we're passionate about, uh, about, about the pro-life, about the babies that are being murdered in our city. We have one abortion clinic in all of, all of North Dakota, and it's right in our city, and we're passionate about God rescuing uh, uh, the children there. And so we've made efforts, you know, and use social media over the time. Uh, to try and reach out to, to our lost and dying culture and make an impact there. And you can do it. I, and and I, was, you know, I was really busy at the time, but we had a pro-life blog going. We reached 100,000 you know, 100, views in a year. I, I didn't, wasn't even posting every month. And, uh, and so like you, can, like you can use social media and you can do it well. 
um, and you can reach people uh, with it. There's lots of different things and strategies it takes. One of the things I, I really would like you to do, and I said add me as a Facebook friend, I really would like you to do that because I'd like to get you guys in a group. One of the things that, that we have to do at Salt and Light if we want to have a presence uh, uh, out there is sharing each other's stuff. And so not just sharing it because we wrote it, but I'm, if we're producing content, like we should, I want to know about it. <laughs> You know, and if it's something, you know, and if it's something that connects, like, for example, if my church is, uh, and I have a video, uh, if you join my, after I add you to my, this group I made for this class, my Facebook group I made for this class, I have a video by a gentleman who, uh, who uh, goes to my church. He has 1.4 million YouTube followers, and he makes his entire, he quit his job as an engineer <laughs> to go full-time on YouTube. And he plays video games for middle school kids. Video games you've never heard of. And uh, that's his job. And so I talked to him about, uh, I talked to him about, like, what, like, would you do if you were salt and light? And he says the main thing is you need to have a central hub of the content that's being created so you guys can all share it. And then you need to share each other's stuff. He said with 14 churches just in salt and light central, he goes, you guys can have a worldwide impact. And so... Um, but it's, it's about sharing each other's content and us having some access to that. So step one is joining my, my Facebook group. Uh, and I'm going to try to work on some other things to make that easier. I don't have a great idea just yet on that, to be honest with you. Uh, but the more that we can share what stuff that's doing, the more we can connect it. Like if, you're, if you have a great sermon clip on baptism, right? This is one of, of my friend's examples. If you have a, a great sermon clip on uh, baptism, and my church happens to be teaching on baptism, I want to share that on our social media page so our, my people can see that too, you know? So the more we can connect our churches with what's going on, uh, the more we can reach people. But you can be intentional with it too uh, to, to reach people that you wouldn't reach otherwise. On Twitter, you know, if you follow the trending hashtags, you, if you're reaching people that aren't in your reach because there is, you know, if, a, if on the issue of abortion, if the uh, if there's a, a story in the news that's stirring up all this trouble, that, that hashtag will be trending, and there'll be uh, people you know, going at it, arguing, but it gives you an opportunity to use that hashtag and speak life you know, into the situation, to, to point to the Word of God and speak truth. And, um, and so there's ways that we could engage uh, you know, what the conversation that's happening in the community. The best thing, one of the best things we can do on this front, or even on the being present in our community, is stories. We have stories to tell, and we have stories that are worthy of being put out in the public square, okay? And so telling stories and telling them well, you're going to want to tell the stories differently on different platforms, uh, but stories uh, are, are the thing. And again, if you have an iPhone, it's so easy to grab somebody and just film their story, film their testimony, and then and share it. Not, everyone, not every story would be appropriate for the public square, but some definitely would. And, uh, and that could have a great impact on, you know, things that are going on. We're trying to do that, too, even with, we're trying to use stories, uh, even with, a lot of times churches fall into the trap of information. Information, information, information. I even challenge you guys, go to your church's website. Is it just a bunch of information, or does it tell a story? <laughs> and it should tell a story. Go to your Facebook page. Is it just a bunch of information, or does it tell a story? Stories are way much, are way more effective in communicating things. People remember a story. Um, and so, you know, if, once this class is over, you know, or what, think of a message uh, that uh, you heard 
uh, this week. If I said, you know, tell me some information, some of the stats or some of the information about that Ron preached on Barney Coombs, or I said, tell me one of the stories he told about Barney, you guys much more often are going to be able to tell me a story <laughs> than, you are, cool. than the information. So use social media for, for the stories. Uh, it's important. We're trying to even do that with our church announcements. Less information and more inspiration is what we're saying. Is what we're saying. And so uh, use it for stories. Uh, instead of saying helm groups are this time, this place, etc., etc., they can get all that online. Te- give a testimony from the home group. You know, uh, if God did something amazing, that testimony might be worthy of, of social media as well. And so, how can we how can we communicate stories? And then, how can we do it well um, uh, with it? What questions do you guys have? You guys have to have. What are you guys doing? Like, well, help me get to know you guys a little bit. What are you guys doing on social media? Or what's your role? Are there other things that you guys are doing that's working well today on social media? Yeah. Our church has a website. I'm not very social media savvy, so but I know that there's been people who have come to our church because of the website. That that's so that's that's where I just see well, it's important. We're a small church and it's a small website, but people found us. Yeah. Just Googled it and there we were. So we see the importance of that. Yeah, that's great. It's a great example. What else, guys? What are you guys doing? You got to be consistent. It's more work now. Like seven years ago, we didn't do all this Facebook, yep. social media, whatever. Right now, yep. it's more work. Yep. Somebody's got to do it. Whether you're at the church and yep. for your business or for you yep. personally, when you're trying to promote something, yep. you got to do it. You know, at six in the morning or six at night, kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We. You can schedule posts. You know, on Facebook, you can schedule them out. Uh, again, we have a cadence. So, like every, I don't know what day of the week it is, but like every Tuesday. We have the inspiration, you know, uh, quotes from an author that's influenced us that, you know, sounds like somebody you hear at the summit, sounds like somebody we quote in one of our sermons. And so you can schedule those out, ding, 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 you know, for, for three months, and boom, there you go. And then you can have your scriptures, you know, for your scripture of the week or whatever scheduled out so you can have a presence that way. Then you just, you add to that stories, you know, as you create them. And uh, the stories are great. We had a, a two-minute... Uh, clip of the Africans in our church singing this African gospel song and uh, one of our services and that video you know it, it had like a thousand views that's good for us we're small <laughs> small church had like a thousand views but it had a lot more than we'd normally get if you just if, you know if you want to post a whole sermon <laughs> and people like it and uh, and so like if you do stuff like that and then if we are connected as churches, and it's not, you're like, wow, that was so inspirational, seeing these people go after Jesus like that, and we start sharing each other's stuff, we're reaching more people with the gospel. And so, by all means, <laughs> uh, you know, proclaiming Christ. Uh, Can you tell us more about the Marco Polo thing? Yeah, so Marco Polo is great. I will, is that an app? It's an app. I will Marco Polo right now. How about that? Mm-hmm. And so this is Marco Polo. It pops up here. We're going to Marco Polo Dane. Uh, I'm going to hit start. As soon as I'm going to I can, I'm going to flip it around here. As soon as I hit start, it's instantly recording. So Dane can actually watch this right now. Uh, so hi, Dane. Say hi, Dane. Hi, Dane. And, uh, and so he'll get this. He can watch it live. He can't respond while I'm doing it. He can give me like a thumbs up. But as soon as I stop it, it's done. It's there, and then he can reply. And how many people um, can that go to? You can do groups. I don't know how big the groups can get, but you usually it's usually small. Yeah. But this is great for staying connected. Like I'd rather do this and type a message. So yeah. You know, and so, but, so I use it all the time and say, you know, my brother, like that video I showed up there on the screen, my brother was in this situation, he wanted to know 
Uh, this is what he was thinking that, that he should do to please the Lord in this situation. And I got to just reply to him right now. I was at work. I just start, hey, man, I think that's the exact right thing to do. That's exactly what I would do in that situation because you're focused on pleasing God. Who cares about the consequences? Done. <laughs> and uh, boom, discipleship mo- moment happened with technology. So I'm totally yep. not very knowledgeable on this. If you post something with Marco Polo, to, is it just to that individual? Yes. And does it stay on record? Or yes, is it, it does stay on record, so it can be used against you in a court of law. <laughs> um, and not only that, on my iPhone nowadays, I can screen capture and I could go back and play all those conversations and record them directly and go share it on Facebook. So, yes, it can get out, but it is direct. And so there's a level of trust with those people that you're doing. But, yeah, if you're a brand-new person, you know, don't I, – I wouldn't do this anyway. This is just common sense. I would never – I don't text message my accountability partners and go, hey, man, really struggling with this right now. Like, I don't do that. I tell them in person. You know, so I don't use it for that. And I have some friends that text me, like, some pretty serious stuff sometimes. And, you know, I usually, I usually, I might have something about encouraging in the moment, you know. But I try to do it with them in person. I try to encourage them to do the same thing, too. Maybe pick, do a phone call. I mean, the NSA will be listening to you, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Maybe it'll get saved. But, yeah, I would, I would be hesitant to do anything super personal on any social media. Use it to encourage each other. Um, and to stay connected and those type of things. Use the, the you know, other times in person still, for sure. Excellent. So.